2: Welcome to the There It Is Podcast, the comedy podcast to help you find your inspiration. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. So glad to be back. We are back, baby. In New York City, that is. We are back in Brooklyn. And Christine and I are very excited to be back home. We were down south for Thanksgiving and Christmas and uh, New Year's and my birthday, and my mom's birthday. All a blessing, but uh, we were away from the show, from the proper full episode show, and now we are back. Hope you are well, and we are back for a full episode. First full episode of the new year, and it is with best friend of the show, Rob, bro of the show, Trey, and girlfriend of the show, Justina. We are talking all that pop. We have a few pop culture topics that we are discussing in this episode. It was fun having them on. I hope you enjoy it. Hey, why don't we just get right to it? Here's my chat with Rob, Trey, and Justina. Well, thank you for coming back, the three of you, for another Pop Talk episode We are joined by bro of the show Trey. Hello. (laughs) Best friend of the show Rob. Hello. And girlfriend of the show Justina. Hello. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Stooges, right? Yeah. 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 Nice. Uh, Ask your grandparents, (laughs) kids who are listening.
3: You can't. They got COVID. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> uh,
2: too close to home. Not for us, so. Okay, well, we have a few topics that we are hitting up this week, and uh, we uh, just want to say thank you for listening again. This is our first full-length episode of the new year, 2021, coming in hot. Okay, mm-hmm. so we're today we're going to talk about diversity in front of and behind the camera, reboots, revivals, and remakes, and also streaming services and how they release episodes. But we're going to start with Wonder Woman 1984, which came out right before Christmas. What did you think? Rob, I know you had some strong feelings <laughs> at first. Why don't you go
3: First. I will say the easiest way I can share my feelings is to say I wish it was better.
1: <laughs> okay, so put to put that into context, what would you think of the first one? I like
3: the first one. I thought the first one was good. I, I the only thing I didn't like about the first one, obviously, was the the villain was pretty weak. I thought Dulles was not the I, I I didn't like the villain. Um, mm-hmm. But I, 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 I enjoyed the the first one a lot. And I thing, things I really liked about the first one, obviously, was I thought Gal Gadot was excellent. Um, mm-hmm. And is she from, Chris I always Pine forget, is, the it Am- is it Amazonia? What's the, what's the name of the island the she's mascara. from? The Mascara, that's right. I love all the stuff with the Mascara. Um, yeah, that was awesome. I loved all mm-hmm. that stuff. And uh, Chris Pine was, I mean, I love that dude. So, like, I thought he was great in the first one. Um, obviously, there's some really awesome scenes, like when she, um, you know, goes goes into the the no man's land during yeah. World War One. Mm-hmm. That part's amazing. Um, just like she was really good at like being the fish out of water, and I think that's probably one of the things I didn't like about Eighty Four, was she wasn't the fish out of water, mm. and it was kind of like they had tried to do Chris Pine was the fish out of water in this one, and it was it was okay. Um, I just really felt like. It, I didn't really enjoy the villains. Um, I felt like it felt to me, it felt like um, Batman forever. It just felt like the same plot idea was that, you know, like it was basically kind of somebody who works with, with Diana, just like, you know, Jim Carrey kind of works for Wayne industries. And then they come up with some wacky thing that they're going to use. And because of that wacky thing, um, they gain powers and then they completely, you know, go from being this big nerdy person to being this ultra villain. and, I don't know. I just wasn't happy with it. I wasn't happy with the CGI at the end, the way that they made Kristen Wiig look. Um, it just looked bad to me, um, and I, I just, I didn't. I don't know. I just felt like, okay, here's this, you know, stereotypical nerdy woman, and now she's this badass cheetah, and it just, I don't, I, I didn't like the way that they went with her, and then I was really disappointed with Pedro. Pascal, I love that man so much. And it's you not just you did a, a good man. job in it. Or you didn't like the, the I didn't like the character. I thought he character. was fine. Um, mm-hmm. I just didn't like the character. I just felt like it was a, I, like, I told somebody else. I just felt like it was a waste of him. Like, you know, you, you see him on something like game of Thrones or, you know, Narcos, oh, Narcos. Um, <laughs> he was so good on shows like that, that it just felt like, I don't know. I just, you know, just how many times could he yell Alistair? And just the whole, I, I just didn't, I don't know. I just didn't like the idea of a villain that just, I, I didn't like him as a villain. Like he really wasn't a villain. He was just a really selfish dick. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it was like a moral story. And, and I don't know. I just didn't feel like, it felt like, I don't, it didn't have a, a a central idea to me. It was like, and then his powers didn't make sense to me and the wishing and it just all like, it felt like mumbo jumbo, and so I and maybe because I, I'm not familiar with Wonder Woman as the comic, maybe that's that was canonical to it, and I just don't I didn't know that, but it just Sh- felt pretty pokey. No. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll say,
2: as someone who enjoyed the movie, I didn't love it like I loved the first one. All four of us really <laughs> enjoyed the first one. Yeah. This one did feel convoluted in parts. It felt like there was a lot of story getting stuffed in it isn't the worst of the movies that have too much story or a lot of story that mm-hmm. can be hard to interweave. I think it did a decent job trying to interweave it and address things. I just think some some threads maybe just needed to be lost because it didn't necessarily support the whole movie or just didn't necessarily work. But I did think Kristen Wiig was good in the role. It, I do see the Batman Forever connection, by the way, but just like <laughs> Batman Forever, Jim Carrey's great in Batman Forever, oh, and I think Jim- yeah, 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 and and Pedro's storyline, it felt like they hit all the beats. However, it felt a little undercooked. Mm-hmm. There was something about that that just seemed like it needed a little bit more time in the oven to bake, and I did find a lot of the stuff. With the uh, the wishing thing, and like some of the rules that they established early on, I didn't see the execution of those things so well uh, <laughs> executed, no. particularly with the stuff with Chris Pine. So mm-hmm. it was um, it wasn't a disappointing movie for me. And I can't remember exactly how I rank it. I still rank it in out of the DCEU. Out of the top five, it's in the top five um because you know it's because still better. Had so in Sui- many bad. <laughs> Everything's better in Suicide Squad and Batman versus Superman is not strong at all, and Aquaman <laughs> really is not strong. I don't care what anyone says; that movie is cheesy. You know, how as all hell. People say
1: Aquaman was the greatest of them all. It's. Hmm? I mean, some people say Aquaman's the best of them all, and uh, uh, like a sizable chunk, t- and I don't clearly understand. Wonder
3: Woman. Yeah, it's yeah. clearly the first and maybe maybe that's the problem with this one is that Wonder Woman was hands down the best of the DCEU. Mm-hmm. So, I it had a lot of unfortunately it just had it it had a lot to prove. Well, I think And I feel like a sexist saying that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I think that the DCEU has this problem of two different members of the fan base. You have Mm -hmm. the people who also like Marvel movies, in other words, also like well-executed superhero (laughs) movies. Um, And then people who will fall for the like cheesy uh, stuff that's in there just for the sake of being in there type stuff. Like, I don't know, like a Fast and the Furious crowd. Mm -hmm. I think you've got both. Uh, in the audience for a DCEU movie. And the Marvel fans will say Wonder Woman, and the latter will say that it's Aquaman. Uh, Mm -hmm. And they won't appreciate the Wonder Woman movies as well. But still, uh, that's how I feel about it. Trey, I know you have points. What do you feel about it? So just for context for the folks listening, Jason posted on his
1: Facebook his ranking of DCEU movies uh, and, and pretty much what he just said, that Wonder Woman 84 is still better than the rest. And then Rob wrote, I've got thoughts. <laughs> so, I, so I asked to go after them because I thought I would be this mediator in between. <laughs> but I'm, I'm really going to be parroting now a lot of what they've both said. Because um, really, every piece of criticism that Rob said is 100% accurate. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And it's an example mm-hmm. of a movie where, because of the actors and, and, and getting the emotion right, it can overcome the deficiencies of the movie. Whereas you look at... I mean, there are, there are movies that make the same mistakes, or TV shows that make the same mistakes that I rail on, mm-hmm. because they don't execute it as well as 84 was executed dis, you know, with, within the context of having made the mistakes. Um, uh, but, but to your point about it not being fully cooked, I know that the theme that Patty Jenkins, according to an interview she gave, the theme she was going for is the don't cut corners sort of thing. And that's why she had the Amazon competition thing at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And she mm-hmm. actually had to fight DC to keep that in because they were saying you either have to cut that or you have to cut the mall that's, scene. And she was like, that's no, insane.
3: That was the best part of the movie, in my opinion.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I and,
3: loved uh, that part.
1: Yeah, and, and it's, it's in part because the Amazon stuff was great in both movies, and that's part of what she was saying, is that it mm-hmm. was great. But for anyone who didn't watch the first one, you still need that kind of introduction. And what she was going for was the lesson that Diana learned as a little girl
0: mm-hmm.
1: was the don't cut corners and mm-hmm. you, you have to learn to become a hero the whole way. And that was supposed to tie into her speech at the end. But for me, at least, it didn't fully come back around. It wasn't full circle in the sense that she wasn't really cutting corners <laughs> at the end with Steve. Like she Once she accidentally made the wish and there's Steve, she's trying to figure out how to fix it and not be too quick about it. They tried mm-hmm. to play it as though she's trying to keep, have her cake and eat it too, but I don't really think that's what they nailed. I think it nailed her trying to do right and it and just eventually having to give it up and and because of the fact that the wishing and, and rob you're right the, the rule for the wishes didn't make sense I didn't follow that. and they didn't explain it early enough no. so you didn't know that you lose something when you make the wish early enough to understand what the hell is happening especially and how with Lord.
2: relinquishing your wish was supposed to work was very yes
3: yeah. Yeah, you just sway it like, off into the wind. And, and was he like basically, he, he was going to die if people didn't wish? Was that basically what we're supposed to understand? Yeah, because he. Because like, you lose. Yeah.
1: Apparently, you lose the thing most dear to you when you get your wish granted. And so for him, yeah. it was his health. And the more oh. wishes he was getting, the sicker he got. And so he had to use everyone else's power I, I, to, I, I guess, to fix I guess I his health.
3: I thought Alistair was the most dear to him, so I guess that, that was confusing to me. I thought it was just pushing it to where he was going to lose
1: Alistair. But that goes back to they, they didn't have that set up right. A, they didn't mm-hmm. explain the rules right. No. And B, they didn't really push um, what was near and dear to him most. Like We found out two-thirds of the way into the movie, I think and Mm -hmm. and so but anyway what i think he was doing was trying to use everyone else's power that's why he made himself the stone the wishing stone was so that he could use the their powers from their wishes to fix to heal him which Mm -hmm. i guess he knew that his dearest thing to him was his health so he knew that that was what he would have to fix um but then, why everyone else gets their literal wish? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kristen Wig first gets Diana's powers without even yeah, knowing. I don't understand it, why it, she even got a second wish. Because Maxwell Lord gave it to her or All something right. weird. Well, like that. I don't know. <laughs> there's but,
2: a lot of. No. Issues.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, but then, but but they get their literal wishes. Mm-hmm. But Diana gets Steve, but it's quantum leap. Like he's, he, she doesn't really <laughs> get Steve. Yeah. Like, none of that stuff made yeah. sense, and it didn't really tie in well, and it it's it, it's a lot of bad stuff in a movie that feels better
2: because yeah. of the performances. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of that line from, from Community of Abed's about Johnny Depp. Is he a good, bad actor, or a bad, good actor? <laughs> this movie falls on a, I think, it's a weaker, good movie. Mm-hmm. But
1: again, because of the performances. If you go based off the script, I think it's... It's
2: muddled. A lot of things (laughs) not clear. Execution is what helps. But I don't think... uh, I don't care who was executing it. There's no perfect way to execute such an imperfect script. Right. Mm. And I think even Lord, even him... Once he got to the point where he
1: understood he could heal himself by taking other people's powers, he still got... Cartoonishly power hungry, where he wants <laughs> yeah. every wish in the world, and he wants every world leader bowing down to him. It's like this is some this, this is just some guy <laughs> who's I just got thought Ponzi he was, like, schemes, who somehow knows about yeah. this wishing rock,
3: knows everything <laughs> I, about it, knows uh-huh. how it
1: works, knows yeah. where to go. Yeah, It's like I mean,
2: I, I just
3: thought he was kind rock? of like I was just thought he was like Donald Trump, but paid attention in history class. Oh yeah, know? that's exactly <laughs> yeah. what I thought
2: too. Well, I mean, Justina. Yeah, I, I know I mean. you didn't see the movie, but why don't you chime in anyway? <laughs> uh, nah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see it. Honestly, it got enough reviews, you know, that I don't think I'd, I I want to spend two and a half hours watching it, to be honest. And I really liked the first one, and um, I I don't feel I need to watch one that might make me not like Wonder Woman.
3: Yeah, And, maybe you maybe can, well, can I, and this maybe we won't go on to this subject yet, but do you feel as a woman, like, do you feel like... Uh, any type of like responsibility to support a movie like this? Cause it is directed by a woman. It does start oh, yeah. a woman. Interesting. Do you feel like, do you feel like there's like, you know, I should probably watch this just because we don't get these types of
4: opportunities. Right. 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 Oh, that's such a good question. And I feel zero um, <laughs> of that, especially because like, I don't know, I have these streaming services. I'm not giving them anything except time. That's yeah. like, it's not given to them. It's taken away from me. You know, I'm not buying to this movie. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Yeah, and also you, I don't know that you're so into comic book and superhero movies that you need to see representation in them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I could see if a woman who's super into comic books, she might have said yes to that question, but Mm -hmm. you know, if it's something where it's like I don't, I don't care one way or the other.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'd be
4: interested Mm -hmm. in
1: how this movie went the way that it went because patty jenkins is obviously a a great filmmaker and she did a great job with the first movie rob to your point gal Gadot is is perfect as wonder woman i think one thing that people don't point out is that she we saw her first as the grizzled uh person in in Mm -hmm. batman versus superman the kind of not as cynical as bruce but the cynical worldly been there done that person and then she had to go backwards in time and play the naive version of that same person and Mm -hmm. we're catching up to her batman versus superman self
0: Mm -mm. uh,
1: and and justice league self so what she's doing is tremendous yeah so was there some studio meddling which you know studios in general do that but obviously we've seen through the course of the dceu a lot of studio meddling is that
2: (laughs) ray fisher yeah
1: (laughs) <laughs> is, that, is that what happened here, or, uh, or was it just a bad concept not done fully well, or a, maybe a solid concept
2: not executed well, or what well, Which happened? we've seen yeah. through the DCEU, um, uh, <laughs> concepts not being executed super well. Also, to your point about Gal Gadot, uh, four directors have directed her in that role, right? No, three. Snyder, Jenkins, Sweden. I guess it's three, yeah. Three. Yeah, I mean, it's three different people have directed her in all these different films, and yeah, she's she's done a really great job. Uh, Speaking of these other directors and uh, this other movie, the Justice League Snyder cut is coming out. Just quickly, how excited is anyone to see that, Trey? I've actually
1: become more excited the more I've learned about it, and I'm not some Snyder stan, Mm -hmm. I do like him as a guy. Jason and I have talked offline that every time I see him in something, I see why the casts have gotten behind him in his vision Mm -hmm. because he's somebody where he's just infectious in in a positive way, uh, even when there are things maybe a little bit wrong with the movies he's done. Uh, But hearing what his vision was for this movie, it's the better approach. Now, whether or not you can actually pull off Justice League, the way he wants to do it at this point in time, timing is the main issue, I think, with his movies. Uh, I mean, he's had his own things, mistakes he's made. But I do think that DC trying to catch up to Marvel, which isn't possible, by the way. You have to actually do (laughs) the storytelling. (laughs) But but that that mentality, I think, is the main thing that hurt Snyder's movies. Um, But I think his idea for what this movie should be was the right one, and Mm -hmm. and seeing Mm -hmm. some of the footage that was cut um, does make me
2: a bit more excited to see it. Justina, did you see Justice League, the original? No. Okay, so are you at all interested in seeing the Snyder cut?
4: I mean, it's going to be long, right? Yeah. Well... <laughs>
2: <laughs> yep yeah, they're planning they keep I keep hearing different things about how they're even going to release it they're saying it'll be two movies it'll, it'll be four different episodes No, it's going to be one long movie it's like oh, that's one of the things people complained about about the not Zyder snyder cut of these films so uh maybe doing it really long is not the way to do it uh rob what about you are you excited to see this
3: well i'll watch it because i actually didn't <laughs> yeah. get i i didn't finish justice league because i just was like <laughs> yeah I'm sorry that's how i feel but, yeah. i want to see so it. i i want to see it and you know and like what tracy said, I, I have a lot of respect for zach snyder I actually, um, well, I mean, I, you know, I, I've told you before. the The opening of Dawn of the Dead is one of my favorite openings to a yep. horror movie ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think he's got a lot of talent. And I actually kind of like Sucker Punch. Um, so well, <laughs> you're the like, one. Cool.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I, know. I haven't seen it, so I can't talk trash about it. But I mean, well, I don't. don't I, like there's it. just
3: some really cool sequences in it. I mean, it doesn't. Like, he's make, really
2: good yeah, at that. He's, he's got yeah. an, an amazing eye. I think mm-hmm. he should be a cinematographer or co-director.
3: Yeah, or he, he needs or he just needs a right he needs a he needs an Aaron Sorkin writer who thinks yeah. he can do you know what I mean? Like who who's a little more involved than the average writer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Well,
2: next topic there's been some talk about how streaming services release episodes, dropping mm-hmm. entire seasons at once got popular because it allowed people to binge. But The creators of The Mandalorian saw that releasing them like old school TV style one episode a week sparked interest and drew out the fascination with Baby Yoda. Grogu. Grogu. How do you feel about this? Should all streaming services do their shows one episode a week? The way shows like WandaVision have adopted? Or should they drop them all at once? Let's start with you, Justina.
4: I think that I like it that different streaming services do different things. I don't want all of them to do any one thing only. And I, I actually like, even though it's like so frustrating, you know, because we're spoiled rotten nowadays with instant gratification to wait week over week to see Grogu grow up, you mm-hmm. know, and like bond with Mando. Like I I appreciated that I got to enjoy that show be excited about it for like two and a half months or however long, you mm-hmm. know. I think yeah, it was about that long because it was like mid October to end of December, and um, yeah. So so that's what that's that's what I think about it. But okay. you know, I, I love a good binge. You know, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: But the only thing about the binge is like the people ruining it for you because mm-hmm, at, yeah. people can binge faster than others.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Rob,
3: thoughts? Yeah, I you know the. I like weekly, but I think because of, you know, like, you know, our age and what we liked is that, you know, nine o'clock on Sunday was HBO's time and or um, eight o'clock on Thursday's was lost. And you that was the time you got to watch the show. And I think that was when you could control the zeitgeist and when you could control the conversation it was when everybody was watching at nine o'clock or everybody was watching at eight right. o'clock when it's, you know, you can watch it at 3 o'clock in the morning, I can watch it on Saturday at 2, and somebody can watch it um, still on Sunday at, at 5 o'clock. You just don't get that that live viewing experience. So, I don't see the point in releasing weekly, because I mean, yes, you can... You, you do have that... You have to wait for the next episode, and if you're like me, you know, like with the boys, or, or with Mando, I was definitely watching it as soon as I could. I didn't want it to get spoiled, but... You know, but I think back about like with Game of Thrones, you know, I just had to watch it nine o'clock. So that was that's when you watched it. And if you and if you were really into it, so I would just rather than release the whole thing. <laughs> but I mean, I but unless unless they were going to do some type of this is the time it comes on. Mm-hmm. And I just because I just I don't see, you know, maybe I guess the way I look at it is it just drags out people who um, get the free week of a service. And so they know that they have to, you either wait till all the episodes drop or you, you know, you, right. you've got to keep paying for the service versus, you know, just go ahead and watch the whole story. Um, but you know, I, I guess, I guess for me, it's just, you know, slowly starting to miss how it, it's going to be like that where we're just not going to, you know, not, and everybody's not going to be tuning in at the same time to see, you know, does Tony Soprano get killed, which he did. That's why I went black. Um, don't, don't at me, bro. But uh, he's dead. Uh, but no, I just, I, I, you know, there's like that, there was that time when we could all watch together. And it's just, I, I don't know if the once a week is really, you're, you get the same type of conversation.
2: That's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a different conversation now. Trey, what are your thoughts?
1: I guess I'm more in line with Justina, where, you know, do you do you? whatever whatever way you want to do it but in terms of my consumption i've i've leaned more towards taking smaller bites because i Mm -hmm. did a little bit of the binging uh so i watched arrow completely out of order i Mm -hmm. I watched the the third season was when i really started watching because that's the same season that the flash came on flash so I watched mm-hmm. them once a week. And then in the summer, I was like, I need to go back and catch up on this. So I was binging seasons one and two of Arrow. And what I noticed was I had I, I did not remember what happened in those two seasons nearly as well as, as how I remember stuff in other shows that I watched right. the old school way.
0: Yeah. Because you, have... right. you failed the
3: city. Because yeah. <laughs> you failed the city.
1: Yes, I have um and 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 i need to run run barry run (laughs) but um i i I want to be able to absorb what happened (laughs) and understand what's going on in the series and Mm -hmm. there were actually (laughs) studies back then that talked about exactly what i'm saying where you don't absorb it the same and you you can't um Real understand and analyze it the same way Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and the other thing that you miss when you're binging is the anticipation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like rob what you were talking about this was this was the time to watch lost you had a week to kind of be like yeah i can't wait for the next episode and there was more excitement in watching that i think than in binging the whole thing and then having
3: to wait a year for the next right yeah and that's and where kind my of like two, opinion comes in. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Rob. Well, I was going to say, it's kind of like two different things. Because it's like one one aspect of it, it's kind of like, you know, I'm not going to watch the AFC Championship today. I watched it yesterday. So, because <laughs> it's live and you want to watch it. Right. Um, you know, and, but, like, the, but then I think about, like, the way I read books, though, is if I've, you know, like, the, the last two books that I've read, I've stayed up till. Way too late with two small children. I'm an idiot because I wanted to finish it. So I'm like, you know, so I'm re- so I binge read. You know, when I read something, I'm reading it as fast as I can, especially when I'm into it. So there, there is like that longing for that shared experience versus, um, you know, once Daddy gets a taste, he can't stop. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and I do like, uh, you know, the water cooler's been taken away a lot by and, how things are was, done. But I
2: disagree. A that, lot. Uh, it's just Twitter
1: now. Yeah. Yes and no, but but what I mean is, there's not that same, because it's not the same kind of conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's a deeper dive. It's more just the hundred and sixty whatever characters. And oh, they'll maybe, do a thread. Yeah, <laughs> no. <it's laughs> two. What is it?
2: two eighty now?
1: Yeah, two eighty. But at two eighty,
2: yeah. It's 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 not
1: trying to think the right way to explain it but it, it we're not having the same kind of shared
3: experience when we all
2: when we're not, not nece- watching it at the same time right right it's like but, when
3: we all when we all have that same moment when you know they open up the hatch you know it's right. like we were all watching it at the same time
1: right so but was, I, and, and so that's know, where yeah. i think releasing once a week cuz even though it's, this isn't the time that the mandalorian airs this is the time that is dropped And and a large Mm -hmm. chunk of people are trying to watch it as soon as possible, and then Mm -hmm. you still are kind of joining the conversation, and I Mm -hmm. think that helps add to it also. I mean, I understand Mm -hmm. that you've got folks who try to binge the whole thing immediately, and they're talking about it, but they're also, like Justina said, spoiling it. For the folks who who can't, who maybe are responsible, there are for a lot of people
2: to to not bed. engaged in that conversation because <laughs> yeah. they're avoiding it. Right. Uh, it's like well. it's like
3: it's like Stranger Things. Like I mean, it was it was pretty much ruined for me that Bob got killed um, mm-hmm. in that second season. Um, sorry if I spoiled it for anybody, um, but yeah, Sean Weston. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> yeah. You know, I
2: I do lean towards the liking the old school way of um, dropping it one episode a week, but it depends on the show. For The Mandalorian, I want it once a week. In WandaVision, I'm kind and of liking once a week. I think so as well, because you can absorb it more. As someone who binged Breaking Bad, first one or two seasons of Mad Men, I, I caught up with those shows I before... Uh, whatever season was on, because um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I did, I did start watching those shows when they were still doing new ones. And uh, Lost, I did the same with Lost, I just binged it, and what I realized is, I didn't absorb things as much as people who were watching it every week. There were things that went over my head, or I just didn't notice, because right after finishing one episode, I went to the next one. So I got the big stuff, but not the little moments. And shows Mm -hmm. like those three, especially Mad Men and Breaking Bad, had little moments that you had to really pay attention to. Justine and I, this past year, we watched The Wire, Mm -hmm. but we'd watch two, three episodes max. We wouldn't watch Mm -hmm. an entire season in a night or a day or something like that. So it allowed us to absorb it more and talk about it, and then we'd watch more. That's what I did with the Marvel Netflix shows. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, well, we did... End up watching some out of order by accident. Is that what? Happened? <laughs> yeah, and we
3: yeah. Were didn't like, you watch season two and sort like you or no?
2: It was because weird. multiple people are using the same account, and so uh, when you just click play, you don't realize. Yeah, and we were like, "What the hell?" I don't. I no wonder people say this season is bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's because we started on episode ten uh, when we yeah. should have been watching episode mm-hmm. two. The other thing I'll say is when you watch a show that drops all of their episodes of a season one day you have to wait way longer for that next season Mm
0: -hmm. and
2: i don't like that as much you know like (laughs) let them let them make the show in the time they're gonna make the show give it to us in little bits and not have to wait a whole year or whatever crazy thing you have to wait for just to see the next season. Because then it's like, okay, what happened? Like, I need that recap that they do at the beginning.
3: Yeah, I, I was going like, to ask. It's like, I, I, like one thing I loved about like Mad Men and Breaking Bad and, and a lot of these shows was, obviously, I would watch the episode and then I would go to the A.V. Club or I would go to Grant Lynn mm-hmm. Ringer and re- read the 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 people I liked readings Recaps and and theories, especially with Breaking Bad, there's so many theories about where are we going with this? It's you know what's going to happen, or or reading stuff about Mad Men, and like all of the things because I'm not that smart, like, you know, like what all the things that I'm missing. So then when later on I can talk about Mad Men, I can seem intelligent because I'm just ripping off <laughs> other people's thoughts. Um, but you know I miss like weekly weekly recaps and that that being part of the culture too. Of uh, you know I'm not going to read a recap of of The Mandalorian. Well, no. Maybe like Stranger Things. I'm not going to read, you know, a recap of Stranger Things because I just binged it. So right. I, you know, I don't see the point in it. Versus, you know, reading a recap of, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, this is what happened on Mandalorian, and I did do that a little bit. But it's, you know, it's just there's just something about that weekly time. And then you know, like if mm-hmm. I watch Breaking Bad at nine, more than likely at ten thirty, um, Andy Greenwald's going to have something on the Ringer about you know Breaking Bad. And so I, you know, I just I miss reading that.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I actually Hopefully, with Daredevil and those shows, I actually didn't watch more than two episodes in a week. Yeah, and I would go read, you know, like IMDb trivia or something like that about the episodes because yeah. I, again, I wanted to absorb it. Even though mm-hmm. the whole thing dropped, I'm not trying to binge the whole thing. What were you about yeah. to say,
4: Justina? Just that, like, you know, like the time that a show would come on. Like, I love to watch shows with people. I don't really like to watch stuff by myself. And so now that anybody can access it at any time, I am so upset constantly, like Brighton watches something that I want, my sister watches something that I wanted to watch with her, you watch something. I mean, you don't really, but you know what I mean? Like you have that ability. (laughs) I learned. I want to watch it with you now and experience it for the first time with you experiencing it for the first time at the same time.
3: Mm-hmm. And
4: mm-hmm. now like people can just do whatever they want.
3: Yeah. That really pisses me off about your guys' relationship. i I'll be like, Jason, did you watch this? He's like, well, yeah. no, me and Christina are going to watch it together. And I'm like, get the fuck on it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I still have the last episode of, um, the good place to watch because I was like saving it for Justina. No, well, And Justina was, was like, Oh, you don't that. have
4: I to give you permission to watch. Yeah, that.
2: you did. But (laughs) there was a long time of not watching it because I didn't know I had that permission.
3: You need to have a healthy relationship like me and my wife where we don't watch anything together and we like it. (laughs) (laughs) I watched one episode of Bridgerton and I was like, I'm out. So
2: Yeah,
4: we binge that hard, speaking of binging.
2: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I have not seen. Just seen it and her family watch that and uh, I'm fine with it. Let's talk reboots, revivals and remakes. They have been all the rage for several years now in TV and what? film. I know, right? Many relaunching the latest. Many thought that relaunching the latest Spider-Man franchise came too soon after the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies, which came out shortly after the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. When does it make sense to have a reboot or revival or remake? Trey, let's start with you.
1: So. I'd pose this question to you off camera <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's in part because I keep seeing every time, literally every time there's some kind of revival reboot, whatever, something with the same brand name and mm-hmm. as something that came out before. Inevitably you have the deluge of comments and the articles mm-hmm. that say, mm-hmm. Oh, Hollywood. Can't you come up with a, a an original idea? And, and, The real answer is it depends as to whether or not it makes sense. It's not the most fun answer for a podcast where you want more debate, Mm -hmm. but but it really does depend. And I don't think what I've come to realize, based on all the different things that have worked and that haven't, when I was predicting right, when I was predicting wrong, is there is no formula to this. But what made me wonder this even, I've always wondered this, but I wondered it even more recently because of Walker on the CW. And typically that's the kind of thing where the studio's mindset, their formula is to take, hey, here's this thing that had a brand name in the past, Mm -hmm. and we're going to update it. Because there's so much content out there, we need the brand name to be able to cut through the clutter. Mm -hmm. So that's really the reason why they're doing all this stuff. And so Walker, Texas Ranger made me question, <laughs> do people now in 2020 and 2021 actually know this brand if you're right. under a certain age? Oh, uh-huh. that's interesting.
2: Well, that's the same thing I said about the Eighteen movie. And it's something that comes up with a lot of these is that there's some old property that... The kids they're trying to appeal to now don't know anything about. <laughs> they maybe didn't mm-hmm. hear anything about it. Yes, Batman is something that everyone knows about, so you can reboot that. You can reboot Spider-Man. Walker, Texas Ranger? I don't know. <laughs> Miami Vice? Even, it's the same dude. He made a movie version of the show. Uh, that People didn't know the show <laughs> who were kids at that time. You know, it just... It, it works when it works and that's an unfair answer because there have been so many times beforehand where I thought there's always oh, an exception to the rule. And it did, you
3: know, there's always an exception to the rule. Right. And I would, you know, I would say case in point is obviously, you know, one of the number one shows on Netflix is Cobra Kai and it's awesome. I love it. Right. I love, and it's I love it. one of the
2: big shows in the zeitgeist and you know, I was wrong about that, and I was wrong about 21 Jump Street. I was like, who... Oh, my God, that? I love 21, 21 Jump, Street.
3: Jump Street. So,
1: 21 Jump Street, I think, worked in part because it was kind of spoofing the original while mm-hmm. also spoofing the concept of reboot. Oh, reboots. right. Like yeah, Saved yeah. by the
4: Bell reboot. Right. That's the the
1: Saved by now, the though. Bell reboot, which is fun. Well, Saved by the Bell, I put in a slightly different category because that's still... More of a, revival. a syndicate, No, it's syndicated all over the place still. So people oh, still people have same with Full House, yeah. yeah. So people are still exposed to it, and that's where mm-hmm. like Roseanne before she got herself fired off her own show, <laughs> that made sense to me because it's still syndicated all over. But Murphy the place. Brown, and Murphy Brown made no sense to me because <laughs> I didn't
3: even watch a second of it.
1: Right, and then no it, it wasn't good either. The the <laughs> revival yeah. of Murphy Brown, <laughs> yeah. but Will and Grace made sense because not because it was syndicated as much, but that election video that they did went viral
4: mm-hmm. and
1: it made everyone who loved the show say oh my god they haven't aged I and they have i want to see it again yeah mm-hmm. so things mm-hmm. like that make sense but then macgyver didn't make sense to me mm-hmm. if, if macgyver had been the son of i would have mm-hmm. understood it and if magnum pi had been the son or daughter of i would have understood it but mm-hmm. that's not mm-hmm. the way they went and again who out of their target audience new of those brands, but Those two are still kicking on CBS. And I don't know why, because I actually don't think they're that, you know, know, I keep thinking about, it's like
3: the, they've got equalizer coming out now Mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, most people are just thinking it's the female version of the Denzel movie they don't realize Equalizer was a television show, you know? Right. And so mm-hmm. and not that I I mean I you know I love Queen Latifah, so cool, go for it. But I mean I'd rather just see her play that character from set it off again. But uh <laughs> you know it's like I I you know like there's just so many things that it's like oh this kind of worked in the eighties and let's let's go for this or mm-hmm. let's try it whereas something like I think Cobra Kai is you know, there's a lot of people like me that just absolutely love karate kid and obsessed about the fact that the kick was illegal and he shouldn't have kicked him in the face. And what would Johnny Lawrence be like? And when you really watch the movie, you're like, I don't know. Daniel's kind of a dick and he kind of starts some of this stuff. And Johnny's just kind of defending himself. So it it was a great idea of, you always thought this guy was this, you know, typical jerk. And maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe there's more to him. And that was a, a great way to reboot and revival versus Lone I'm Ranger. Just Lone, oh, oh. <laughs> Lone Ranger up, made not. no sense
2: because <sighs> the people who liked Lone Ranger were just Target? so out of the film-going experience. And there was, it, uh, at that time, cowboy movies were box office poison and had been for yeah. a couple of decades. Was this so the it really Army made, made no one? sense. Yeah. yeah. What, what, what did about. you say, Christina? Yeah. Army hammer. Yeah. That was with Army I, I Hammer and could,
1: Johnny Depp. I think they could, if they had found a way to execute Lone Ranger properly and not I lean felt, so heavily on the brand.
0: I,
3: maybe yeah. it
1: could have worked.
0: Well,
3: I, I felt like they good. said, "Hey, John Peters, I don't think he's involved in this." It was like, "Hey, how can we redo Wild Wild West but worse?" <laughs> <And> everyone, <laughs> right, right, giant right. mechanical <laughs> spider that they
1: wouldn't let me put into the Superman movies. In <laughs> <Superman> movie,
3: yeah. <laughs> But I mean, and if you think about like reboots and revivals that just did not work, and I'm sorry to say, it's it's Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters was terrible. I hated it, and and I I I really wanted a lot watching that movie. But didn't laugh. I didn't laugh at all. Like I did not find any of it funny, and I hate that. I and maybe maybe there's some stuff. Well, I know that you love
2: the both of you love the actors in it. Yeah.
3: Oh, I love. It's 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 not the conception because I think. It just—it was a poor. It was really what poorly made.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, I think it's hard to tell when you should do that next generation, as mm-hmm. I put my air quotes up, mm-hmm. version. You know, like, um, like I was saying, I thought MacGyver should have been versus just rebooting the whole thing. But I did think Ghostbusters, because of what it was, made more sense to do a next generation of Ghostbusters, and it could have been the same cast.
3: It could have absolutely um, been the same cast. And, and I
1: I understand yeah. that Dan Aykroyd tried to write a script that was that concept and it didn't work. But don't throw the baby out with the bathwater because his script didn't work. And obviously mm-hmm. the new Ghostbusters Afterlife that's going to come out with Paul Rudd actually is the next generation concept. And it looks like it's hitting the right stuff. Uh, but I agree with Rob. It just wasn't executed well. It was more of a... Re- the recent Ghostbusters movie was more of a remake than a reboot and it was lesser
2: and you can't do a remake of a classic right and expect it to go well and the cgi looked worse than the practical effects in the original Yeah. yeah justina what are your thoughts on reboots and revivals do you does it excite you when you hear that stuff is coming back or are you just like why
4: uh no it depends on what it is and sometimes it does excite me um I'm trying to think of an example where like I something was coming back and I was like, oh, the snap, this is coming back. It's going to be awesome. Did you like Gilmore Girls? No.
3: Because <laughs> yeah, I like the revival. Oh,
4: I can think of an example. Um, Like anything Sex in the City, like, you know, that there, she's doing like a reboot, yeah. I guess, you know, yeah. where are they now? And, like, I'm just, like, so psyched about it. Like, I can't wait, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um and like, they could overkill it, saturate it. Like, I would always be there, you know. So when you're a diehard fan, you know, you obviously have um uh, a certain bias. And also, like, you guys make, like, really good points about timing and and stuff like that. It's interesting to hear what you, you guys are saying about that. But when I saw this topic on the list of things we were going to talk about, I was, like, it, I don't know. Immediately, I thought of that Steve Martin quote be so good. They can't ignore you
0: mm.
4: it, But and like, as it applies to this, like it, timing don't matter, you know, like none of that matters. If it's awesome, mm-hmm. like Spider-Man yeah. came out way too soon and was the best thing ever. He's the best Spider-Man ever. And yeah. I'm so glad it's out. I'm so glad they didn't wait because he would have been too old to be Spider-Man. He's so perfect. You know, I don't know. Like,
3: Amen. yeah, no, totally you're agree. absolutely right about that. I totally agree with that.
1: And that's what I think is lazy about most of the public, conversation about it and why maybe listeners think we sound wishy-washy about it because we're not taking a full stance but it really is case by case yeah but most people writing about it are either oh it's the lazy thing or oh it's the best thing ever because i love this and and really you need to evaluate each project for itself and what concept they have wrapped around it because yeah what they're trying to do to, to Justina's point, we watched the pilot of, of Saved by the Bell reboot together, the three of us, and it was amazing.
3: It's it was better awesome. than the original
4: show. So fun.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and I, I keep thinking about like this, and I don't know if this is still true, but like it used to be that the most filmed character, I think, was Sherlock Holmes at one point. And he had the most films um, and adaptations ever. I, I could be wrong, but at one point that was that. And I think back to Sherlock, and that was when that show came out, it was like a revelation. Mm -hmm. It was so awesome. I mean, it gave us (laughs) Uh, Cumberbatch. It gave us Cumberbatch. (laughs) You know, it's like, but that was, I mean, and then just to go, that was amazing. And then I didn't even give a second to Elementary. It looked terrible to me, like versus you know Sherlock.
1: I watched Elementary in the beginning because I thought it was going to be horrible, so I wanted to see yeah. how bad and how horrible it was. Lucy
2: lose though. Well, yeah, but but
1: it was actually a solid show. I, I liked, and the fact that it was a New York thing didn't take. I thought that was one of the things I was going to not like about Elementary. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I actually liked what they did with that show. I think what they did is difficult to pull off, though. You change too much, usually it's going to come out. Not just pissing people off, but also not necessarily being good. And I mm-hmm. think that's where a lot of these reboots go wrong, is, especially when they're just hanging their hats on the brand name, is that they're using the brand that might bring in the people who loved it in the 80s. But they're not actually doing... What people loved about it in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And the people from now that they're going after don't know anything about it. And all you're doing in your promotions is the nostalgia. So you're not bringing in the new people either. The worst, raise your hand if you actually remember this movie or cartoon,
2: <laughs> Jim and the Holograms.
3: I didn't know I, it. I know. I, didn't I remember know it. And
2: that's a perfect I, example of what you're talking about.
3: I, I didn't see a second of the movie, but I remember the preview. And I, obviously, I watched the, I watched the show as a kid. I think even Molly Ringwald is in the remake or the, the live-action movie. It's like, who was that for? Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> a well, regular was a viewer thing.
1: of the cartoon, but I saw a few episodes. And the premise, for those who don't know, in the cartoon is that the main character was a superhero mm-hmm. whose secret identity was the lead singer of this band. <laughs> And so that's what made it interesting was
3: that. The movie did none of that. Yeah. No, it was just like, it was basically about a a, a YouTube star who becomes a, who gets jaded by the music industry, you know?
2: Yeah, why even do it that way if you're going to use that property? Right. But I will say there were a bunch of 30-something-year-old dudes saying, oh, this they messed this up. And I was thinking, well... They weren't trying to make it for you obviously. Like when I saw yeah. the trailer I thought that's clearly being made for teenage girls, which is why yeah. we asked the question,
1: why call it Jim and the Holograms? They could have yeah. called it Susie and the,
0: the friends. I say <laughs> it if they been did the, same
2: movie. the actual uh, like the actual Jim and the Holograms story but made it for teenage girls. And I wouldn't have had a problem I, seeing that trailer. I kind of assumed that's where they were going and it ends up that they didn't, but you know, I didn't have a problem with that.
3: Uh, Rob, do you have it, any other thoughts about, well, no, I was topic? just going to say, but maybe that movie ends where she goes back to her apartment and then Samuel Jackson's there and he's like, "So you're Jim and the hologram." Welcome to the Avengers stuff.
1: Yeah, but they they made that same mistake with a lot of stuff uh yeah. in their 2000s, I think. Yeah. Like Bewitched. It, yeah. And 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 even mm-hmm. shows where they brought like um a, a foreign property to the US, like Prime mm-hmm. Suspect. NBC tried to do that. Outsourced. And, yeah. Outsourced at least outsourced on paper looked like the original movie, but Prime did, Suspect right. was nothing like the original. Like the character wasn't the same. Mm-hmm. The, the name of the show, and maybe the name of the character, was all that it had in in common with the actual Helen Mirren show.
3: Or and like so Roger.
1: Like why even like
3: do that one? It was like
1: right. so close. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So if you're if you're gonna use that name, I know you have to change some stuff. Like The Office, you have to change some stuff to suit that market and the sensibilities of those people. But you can't change it so much that... No, that it's just not even the same
2: thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I will say that at least, like, Bewitched as a concept wasn't bad. It just, exec- the execution didn't end up working.
3: No.
1: If you yeah. liked Bewitch and want to see an updated version, WandaVision.
2: I was going to say 21 <laughs> vision. Sure. Yeah. is great. <laughs> All right, final topic, diversity in front of and behind the camera. Many productions have put diverse faces on screen and then people recognized that wasn't good enough because the voice didn't match the face of these diverse communities. <laughs> Now we're seeing more diversity, but recently Shonda Rhimes pointed out that she was one of only a few straight people who had LGBTQ characters in their shows. Should more be done by people who are not of a community, or do you think they'd get a lot wrong? And we're especially talking about people in positions like Shonda Rhimes. Should showrunners and executive producers be developing stories around people who are not in their worldview, or should I say perspective there? And if so, how do they do that well? Justina, do you want to tackle this first, I bravely? Mean,
4: I it's a hard one for me, but, like, if the majority of people in any position of power are white men let just for example they have no choice if they want to foster diversity but to highlight those voices right that aren't their own you know and and oh I'm, this is so hard like like we we're talking about diversity at work you know right now it's like a big conversation we're having because we're all white and young and just the same versions of each other. And, mm-hmm. and we're like, how do we do this? And like, we're having conversations and they're good, but like we're all the same person having these conversations. I'm like, let's get somebody in here who's different um, um, to talk about it. Um But I, that she, like when I, we read that article that you sent about what Shonda Rhimes had said, I was like, Oh man, that's a good point. Like we shouldn't wait until a, a, gay person for example is in this producer position to put gay people into these roles into these stories because if we if we wait for that we might be waiting quite a long time you know unfortunately and so so i really like that she made that point like we straight people need to um lift up these queer voices in the same way white people need to lift up the voices of people of color you know Mm -hmm. and so um I don't know. That was a good point that she made that I think a lot, not a lot of people think about, or I mean, honestly, I wasn't thinking about that. So I'm glad that I read that article.
2: That's a really good point. And I'm glad you highlighted that because yes, it would take too long if we waited until people were in the position to like, there's so much that has to be done behind the scenes as far as who's getting hired in these roles and in these positions. But the people who have these roles now that they can make a show and get it on the air just because they're a big name, they should try to be diverse. And I know, I know there are a lot of people who are going to complain about the product because they're saying the voice is going to be wrong or it should be written by a person or it should be cast by a per, like it should be cast uh, uh, with a person who is exactly like that particular thing. And that's a discussion that's being had right now about should straight actors play gay actors. And there are a couple of gay actors who said, yeah, it's acting. And I've there's been some wonderful performances right. by straight people who are playing gay people. You're going to tell me Tom Hanks is bad in Philadelphia? He's amazing in that. Yeah. So there are obviously uh, times where it can work out. But I, I think... You can do it well. And I think a lot of people have done a disservice to diversity and to the community because they were just doing it for the sake of looking like they cared, right? Like when they just Mm -hmm. cast a bunch of people.
4: comes out exactly like they will cast
2: somebody who's black and they'll cast someone who's muslim and then everyone in the writers room is still a white dude so Mm -hmm. all the characters just sound like white dudes Um, Mm -hmm. because that's the perspective it's coming from i think the right way to do it is to be diverse in your casting and in your hiring be diverse with if, if you're trying to make a show that's about someone who's not like you and a group of people who are nothing like you, hire people on the production crew and in the writer's room who resemble these characters so you can get it right. And there's a a precedence for that. Even if you just think of it from the standpoint of Conan O'Brien was writing for Bart Simpson on The the Simpsons, right? Like, they, they would cast... They would hire writers to write for a specific character, not just to be in the room writing episodes. Mm-hmm. It was, you're going to write for this person. Cause I like your voice for that character. You can yeah. do the same thing just with real people and not cartoons. Like we have a Muslim character. Let's get Muslims in the writer's room so yeah. that they can write for that character accurately.
3: Yeah. And no, I mean, and, and I, I think now I, and now as a white male, I want to get my perspective out because I'm always puzzled,
0: <laughs>
3: and so I wish there was some way that a white man could get his word out. Um, but, uh, no, There's I was parlor. You know, yeah, not anymore. Um, but uh, no, um, but you know, like and I, I know I've talked to Buzz a lot about why you know I just I loved Watchmen, and obviously it was it was it was it was, it was Lindelof that 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 ran that show. But, really, and I listened to a lot of interviews with him. He he had Tanahe Coates um as one of the writers and and in person in the room. And if you know Taneassee, he's an amazing dude. yeah. and um you know, clearly, you know why you know honestly, why I knew about I, I know I talked about this before, but why I knew about um you know the um the Black Wall Street massacre was from that show. and that was definitely Tanahe's influence, bringing that in and um so he made a really big point to to have a diverse um writer's room and it shows it just shows it's Mm -hmm. so obvious it's like when regina king is just is so good in it and i think it's because people write to her and understand her and understood her character and understood you know when you're you know obviously it's that different perspective and 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 dealing with white racists, it's just, it's a really good show. But I, I think about like one of my other favorite shows, one of them is, is Atlanta. I love Atlanta. And that's mm-hmm. all, I think it's a completely black writing room and I have nothing in common with most of the characters on that show. And I am so engaged by it and I love it. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's one of my, it's just absolutely one of my favorite shows and, and it's, it goes to show. I think that when you have an authentic voice and you have something to say, um, that, that, that's a lot more entertaining than just having your, you know, I, I need to actually check the box for diversity or I'm just not really listening to diversity. Cause, cause you know, enough people like me have shared ideas and there's a lot more ideas out there. And when the stuff, I think that's really connecting now is we, you're letting those people, um, have a say. And I think that that's what I, at least what I found stuff that I've really enjoyed is, is stuff that's a little more authentic. Mm. And I was gonna say too, like one of my favorite Christmas movies that I've seen lately was um, *Happiest Season*. Did you guys see that one No. with Mackenzie I've and, heard good and uh, Kristen Stewart? It's awesome. It's a really good, really funny. I really enjoyed it. Um, it was, it was the Venn diagram where my both, you know, Megan, my wife, and I could watch it together because it was something <laughs> we would both like. Um, but you know, it's like, but that that was, and it was. I, I didn't watch it because I was like, well, I gotta watch a you know, a movie about lesbians at Christmas. It was because I I thought it was good and I liked the people in it. And then the the voice was great. And what they had to say was great in it. And it was just a fun movie. And so um, I I would rather watch something like that than watch any Hallmark movie ever.
1: (laughs) And Rob, you touched on the the main word that that I always think of as authenticity. Mm -hmm. Uh, and And it touches on what Justina's... Or Jason, I forget which of you I think Justina said, where so much now is the check-off-the-boxes diversity, where it's like, all right, mm-hmm. we got an Asian person, a black person, a gay person, and, and uh, we just threw in a Muslim. Uh, so we've got it. We fixed it. It's done. Yeah. Right. But th- there's no actual diversity on the screen because everyone's still the same.
2: And also to that, how many times was it like a cast of five white people and one black dude? It's like there's
3: your diversity, everybody. Right. And either he's written as man that's whack, or you know, or it's <laughs> right. like you said, he sounds like white. <laughs> <You know>? Right. <laughs> but
1: even even the man that's whack is just this specific. Like so much of of black characters is this very specific lane Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and even fresh off the boat which was created by the guy that the kid was based on so it's his life that he's telling Mm -hmm. but he wrote an op-ed and i I don't think i ever read the whole thing but i read snippets he wrote an op-ed after it was on the air for a a little bit it was still in season one and he was lamenting the positives and negatives of that show being Mm -hmm. on the air positives being that it's giving representation obviously to Asians, but the negatives being that it's so watered down from what his actual vision of the show was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he was actually in a, a meeting with the studio, or with the network, I forget whether it was one or both, uh, but the, the white folks in the room, he didn't say it this way, these are my words, mm-hmm. but the white folks in the room said, can you make the characters more Asian? <laughs> They're saying this to an Asian man yeah. who's writing his life story. Can you
2: make the characters more Asian? Meaning can wow. you have more stereotypes that I'm familiar yeah. with? Exactly. I
3: thought they would talk more street, you know? <laughs> so <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and so that's a lot of what we're all of us in, in whatever minority groups we're a part of are up against. And I was doing some research for a project, I won't name it, but Jason will know what I'm talking about where I was looking at um, diversity and, and uh, how affirmative action has been and uh, the need for more diversity. And a lot of this research has been talking about how folks who believed in it, like you go back to the 90s when affirmative action was new and, and the advent of all of this, people who believed in it then are now tired of it because they've heard it preached to them so much. They're like, get away from me with that. Mm -hmm. And you've got so many people, obviously the last four years empowered a lot of people to think that their place in the U.S. or in society in general has been trampled on and they need to regain it. So you've got all of that going on too. And so I think the bigger issue is finding a way to have the discussion without sounding like we're the hall monitors Mm -hmm. counting your diversity. Like mm-hmm. the, we need to really be real about it, and I think too, so much of the the way social the conversation is happening on social media is so black and white, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when really everything lots. is shades of gray. Yeah, and, and so you get where one side is shouting down the other side, and nobody's listening, and there's all of this stuff that really needs to be out there and discussed that's not getting talked about uh and, and even people who are well-meaning who are trying to tell a specific story that could be real are shouted down either because it's not diverse enough but maybe it's still an authentic story or maybe mm-hmm. because it's too diverse and they feel like it's sjw mm-hmm. and so
3: well, you don't, don't want to here we don't want to be bradley whitford from you know from from get from out, get out. Yeah. you know like i, <laughs> I would for like, him a third,
2: third, time. third time no
3: it's that one it's when he says to him he's like so when how long has this thing been going on between you two <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. yeah like, there's that episode of scrubs where uh turk was talking about how he was meeting some board of director and he was lined up with all the other doctors and they <laughs> They shook his hand. They Mm -hmm. shook every other every white doctor's hand normally, and then they get the Turk, and it's like all of the fist bumps and like the dab. (laughs) Yeah. And and so that's how a lot of this is treated, but we don't really get real with with any of it. I mean, Mm -hmm. we as a society, and obviously we're not going to solve it. Well, (laughs) right.
2: Well, I I do know there are a lot of activists. Who are on social media? Who have a lot of good stuff to say, and they a lot of people are listening. But it's, I'm noticing that the people who are following them and and resharing them, are people who are intelligent, weren't really the problem, and were seeking it. Yeah. And a lot of the people who it's kind of like I always said, like yeah, there are these driving courses that adults can take, but bad drivers are too arrogant to think that they need it. You know, right. the people who really need that stuff aren't the ones who seek it out. And yeah. that's, unfortunately, it's going to be a problem. And there's got to be some way <laughs> like Jerry Seinfeld's wife, um, uh, I'm forgetting. i Jess Seinfeld, right? She has like a a cookbook where uh, for cooking for your kids, how to hide veggies and <laughs> is good stuff for your kids, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, they think it's pizza, but it actually has something good in it for them. Uh, you got to find some way to slip it in like that.
3: I think it's just too. It's just amplifying when there is something good and authentic. You need to amplify it a lot, and I think that's that's the one thing is. You know, like it's amazing that like Moonlight and Parasite won. I mean, mm-hmm. these are movies, you know, movies that are very different, very non-white, and amazing, and like mm-hmm. such a different. I would have never known either of those stories, and then and, and yet I didn't feel like I'm like this is amazing. I love I love these different points of, points of view, and and it's just so well made. And so it's like I don't know why you know it's like amplifying things like that, and like the things that are good. I think encourages people to okay you know it's just like crazy rich asians that comes out and people are like hmm maybe we should make some movies about you know asians from their actual perspective you know a little bit so i don't <laughs> right. know yeah. You
2: know?
1: well that's the thing hollywood's been slow with that sort of thing anyway because you look at mm-hmm. you go back to the 70s you had good times you had jeffersons mm-hmm. uh you had stuff you had Fred sanford and son there was stuff mm-hmm. the 80s and obviously, I'm I'm separating yeah. the show from we, the the guy. We know the you're Cosby an apologist, but you've got the Cosby Show. You've got a different yeah. world. You had Fresh Prince of Bel Air. You had stuff that was successful from the '70s through the '90s, and then apparently, everyone forgot the lessons <laughs> that yeah. diverse stories can be mainstream, and you got less and less of it. Obviously, it it took a while to get my wife and kids. And then Mm -hmm. blackish years later in the Tyler Perry stuff. The Bernie Mac show. Bernie Mac. But it's like you had to fight and claw to get that stuff on the air. And it goes back to the question, Rob, you asked Justina about Wonder Woman. You ended up getting people, black people, watching maybe bad stuff (laughs) just to support it, to prove that it can be on the air. And even stuff with women as leads, you had the Alien movies, you had Terminator. Mm-hmm. You had stuff where females were the lead in these badass type roles, and even the Rom, all the Sandra Bullock movies. Mm-hmm. You had all that stuff mm-hmm. that, for some reason, the industry went away from. And I think it's a lot of the same pushback I was talking before about white guys feeling like they're.
2: Yeah, I think there's a lot away. of just misogyny as a response to that. It's like all oh, these yeah. people are like, women aren't funny. They're not good in comedies, and then you, you know you go back to. 1982 or whenever it was when um, 9 to 5 came out and it was the second highest grossing movie of that year second only to Return of the Jedi and ahead of Stir Crazy Uh, that's a comedy that stars three women and people just seem to I don't know. The, they they play dumb or they have short term well, memory about this you stuff. You know, it's the
3: same thing about you know, like they said that like Denzel Washington doesn't do well overseas, so I give him a franchise. It's like because mm-hmm. he's one of the best actors ever. So like, <laughs> right, right. I watch like guy reading it. I don't care how many movies he made with Tony Scott, I watch them all because I love. And him. those
2: same people will say that will overlook how well it'll do on TNT or whatever. Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh, like,
3: no. They'll make another Mark Wahlberg movie with Peter Berg. Exactly. So. Even
2: though that movie's going to have the same sort of box office success and then TV success. So they'll be like, well, it does well on TV. It does well on video. It's like, so do all these Denzel Washington movies. So I was
1: working at ESPN and programming during that period of time when they branched out into scripted stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and so we were having a staff meeting about where well, we were brainstorming different stuff and presenting different ideas uh, and there were it was mostly white people in the room, but it was me and, and my a couple of other black people, and we were the ones who were just fighting for this one... Well, I'll, I'll get to that part of the story. So the the point is they were talking about all these different people who presented ideas for shows to ESPN, scripted shows, and Tommy's, Thomas Shalami was one of them, oh. co-creator mm-hmm. of the West Wing, and I forget some of the other names. Then they brought up... Spike Lee wants to do a TV series version of He Got Game. My God. And I was, my friend and I were at opposite ends of the room, but we were both in the, oh my God, Yeah, this would be amazing.
0: Jesus.
1: <laughs> and the stuff that oh. people started saying, and by the way, let me say up front, my experience at ESPN was great. People were not racist they treated me well. They were actually supporters of mine when I was doing Black History Month initiatives. Mm-hmm. So this just tells you where the different voices are that important. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. these are open-minded people who were saying, "Yeah, but you know, the concern we have with Spike Lee is, do we think he'd be able to deliver on a TV schedule?" <laughs> it's like, oh, dude, this is Spike Lee. He delivers. <laughs> oh, like,
3: he delivers he all, the all the time. All it's the like, basketball players of that era that could have been on the show, I mean, right?
1: Uh, uh, uh. I, was, I was making, I was vocal about this point. It's like, but as Spike Lee, he's delivered on all of his movies. He's come in on budget and on time. And why would we all of a sudden question whether or not he'd be able to hit the TV <laughs> schedule? Oh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And that's, that's I, be- I don't <laughs> think he was the only film director, by the way, on the list. Yeah. But he's the only one where they question can he do a TV schedule? Yeah. And so then, some people on the side were trying to explain to me why there is the concern, and they were like, "And you know, his movie—it's not like his movies were the super blockbusters." I was like,
3: "What?" one of the most successful independent.
2: A very infuriating story,
3: right?
1: Yeah. And so this yeah. is what is happening in yeah. these boardrooms all the time. I had yeah. Well, there's another story I'll have to tell you after. Yeah, yeah. Tell us later yeah, because like, I can't. This is, we, this one is too putting too much on blast, right? But the point is, that's what's happening, and there there are these shows where we've heard recently, like All Rise, is a show I'd watch, and and
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'll mention it again at the end, I'm sure. But All Rise, I like it. I watched the entire first season, then I read these articles about how some of the minority casts were quitting. Because of racist-to-them type stories, and I, I'm, I say to them, not to say I don't believe it, because I do believe them. But uh, other people stuff, other involved in the, the show didn't agree. see it yeah. that way. Yeah. And, and so they were pulling... There are all these examples that I don't remember from the article now. But examples of things that they fought hard to get taken out of scripts, because it made mm. some of the diverse cast look stereotypical. And and ways in which they wouldn't act this way based on their backgrounds. And because it was such a fight all season, they quit. Mm. So I'm like, man, they must have done a phenomenal job because the show that was on the air is not the crap that was in this article that they had to pull out. (laughs) They needed, I mean, I understand why they would want to quit because if they're not being listened to and not being treated that way. But man, they need to stay on the show (laughs) to keep the show from going that way. Yeah. Cause that that's a good show. And like to me, it's a strong black woman who, and, and I'll evoke the Cosby Show again. I think one one thing that was done well about that show, and at, and I see about All Rise also, is that these were truly authentically black characters who don't go around saying, "I'm a black character,"
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and whereas. Another right way to do it is a, a different world, or black lightning, mm-hmm, Luke mm-hmm. Cage, where the term that, that was used, that uh, what's her name? Jamel Hill used to describe Luke Cage was unapologetically black. Mm-hmm. Which is right. They're very authentic it's not stereotypically black. Mm-hmm. It's authentically black and unapologetically so. And there are all these different shades, no pun intended. To how blackness exists, mm-hmm. and all of that needs to be displayed. Yeah, and and I thought that All Rise did it that in a good way, uh, with the black and Hispanic and.
2: Well, it Asian. reminds me of that song in CB Four. The Chris Rock movie <laughs> and I'm black y'all and I'm black y'all and I'm blackity blackity black y'all black. there's a guy just like overdoing it yeah. to, to be like I'm black oh, uh, yeah. and it's of course making fun of the productions where people were overdoing it in this it's like the opposite of stereo, it's on the the same sort of path of stereotypical you know it's like one is supposed uh-huh. to be positive and the other is supposed to be negative But this is people trying too hard to to evoke something positive uh, instead of something real. Well, let's wrap up with talking about something we would recommend you watch or skip. And Rob, why don't you start us off?
3: Oh, I'm going to go with my watch. And um, unfortunately, there is a lot of white people in this, but <laughs> I feel like I should have, but it's just the last thing that I watched and I, and I, I truly just loved was Ted Lasso. I, I finally, I, I got a new iPhone. And so part of getting a new iPhone is you get to watch right. Apple TV. So I was yeah. like, well, let's do this finally. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of big spender here. And uh, so I finally had to watch it, and I binged it in one night, very regretfully. Binged it one night. <laughs>
2: well, I got a Apple product almost a year ago, and my yeah. uh, Apple TV Plus is about to run out, so I have to binge that. Uh, what's <laughs> your
3: skip? Uh, skip, I'm gonna I'm gonna, just gonna say this because I don't know if there's a lot of David Ayer fans out there, but I watched The Tax Collector last night with Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> And I don't know the main actor's guy. I've never seen him before. Um, I'd say skip that one. Um, you know, just watch Training Day. Just You know, let, you know, just don't... or Maybe end of watch if you like David Ayer, but, like, just, you know, maybe just watch Training Day again. You know, you don't really need to keep rehashing that same story over and over again.
2: <laughs> Justina, do you have a recommendation for watching or skipping? Or both?
4: Yes, I have one for both. Um, for... Watching there's this show. It's a British British show. It's called How the Other Kids Live, mm. and it's a um, reality show. But it's awesome, and it's about these kids that have playdates with other kids. There's always three um, that have different backgrounds, whether that's family income or religion or um, anything, and Man, it's awesome. And like all the kids are like this really fun age, like between eight and 10 years old, which is just like tons of personality. And um, honestly, it like fits into this conversation because like we're talking about diversity and exposure and like they're like getting these eight year olds in it, you know? And it's kind of interesting to see how they um, react. It's awesome. I watched it on YouTube. I don't know what other um, sources there are to watch it, but it's called How the Other Kids Live and it's really awesome. And then, mm-hmm. if you're gonna skip something, I would recommend skipping the last two or three seasons of Veep. It really left a bad taste in my mouth, and that show's so amazing. And mm-hmm. then seasons like, I and like even like the last episode, I, w- I started to watch it with my mom while we were here in South Carolina, and like I couldn't. It like made me feel weird because like mm-hmm. I know how it ends, and it's mm-hmm. so terrible to me. And that's
2: why I haven't because of how How I Met Your Mother ended. My Watching the syndicated episodes went away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: Justina, mm-hmm. t- so to your point, what happened to Veep is very similar to what happened to The West Wing. Yeah, and, and mm-hmm. what happened to Supernatural mm-hmm. is that the original person who created it, yep. who was writing it, left the show, and it was a caricature of itself. And, and Veep, yes. it was more like when Dan Harmon was
2: kicked out of Community. Mm-hmm. It was more like, yeah. do we like that? know? the way they did it so let's mm-hmm. just do it and it's like ah but you got to think the way he thinks yeah like they
1: were that. they were vulgar in the original episodes with the original guy mm-hmm. but it was to use the word authentic again <laughs> it was authentic to that that world and those characters and later it was just they were cursing to be vulgar <laughs>
3: But the and, only and, my only counterpoint to this is just the fact that there's this scene where they're like, stop the steal, stop counting the votes. And they're like, no, we want to keep counting votes. Keep counting the votes. It was so <laughs> prescient. It just because that's what was going. You have in Detroit, stop the mm-hmm. counting, and then mm-hmm. and in Arizona, they're like, keep counting. It's like, <laughs> so it was really funny to me. I was like, yeah, oh, Lord, I, I will. I, I
2: will echo that those last yeah. few seasons are rough, but. Um, there were a couple of characters who remained strong to the end, and it's um, John, Craig, John Ryan, man. Uh, yeah, who, um, was played by um, Gary Cole and Sam Richardson's character. Uh, Sam both Richardson. were amazing any yeah. season of that show. But yeah, what was happening overall was not yeah because the other anymore.
1: characters.
2: Maybe Gary less so, but the other characters were cartoons
1: of themselves. Yeah. Like they yeah. weren't really yeah. who they were. Because they actually right. cared about running the country well and doing good things in the first few seasons. They were yeah. just bad at it. <laughs> and and their yeah. egos yeah. got in the way.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um,
1: and and uh, Reed Diamond, Reed's, uh, what's his name? Uh, <gasps> the one who was... Uh- Dating and kind of off and on Anna Klumsky's yeah. character. That oh, guy. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, was yeah. A, he was maybe, arguably, next to Anna Klumsky, the most capable of the staffers
0: Right. <laughs> the beginning.
1: Yeah. Dan. And later, they just made him Dan. this, like, Dan. Yes, yeah. Dan. Mm-hmm. You know, he was just the sex addict guy who, <laughs> not addict, but sex guy who. <laughs> power, <was> hungry. Hungry, <laughs> power hungry. Power <but> hungry, <laughs> but without the depth.
2: right. He was I will always say I hated hungry, that but... character the moment he um, was really shitty to uh, Tony Hale's character in that first episode, and I was like, "Oh, I hope they don't show this guy a lot because I hate him because he was mean to Buster." <laughs> <laughs> uh, what uh, What is your recommendation, Trey? So I actually will recommend All Rise mm-hmm. uh, until okay.
1: the racism of the showrunner. No, I'm I'm joking <laughs> about that part. But, but it's still, it's remained good. I've watched the all the way up to the last episode. Uh, and I think that it's handled uh, COVID well and real mm-hmm. uh, without mm-hmm. hitting us over the head with it. Uh, and they did a great st- at-home episode to close out season one that I think helped solidify us getting a season two. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I would definitely recommend that. And stay away, stay away, stay away from New Trek. Unless it's Lower Decks Lower Decks the cartoon is actually good Okay But anything else that's coming out of the Trek world I watch it, I hate watch it Because it's part of a franchise I love But stay away from it It's stupid, schlocky Doesn't make any sense We think we're hitting the beats But this is actually dumb (laughs) Sci-fi Kind of Uh. stuff
2: yeah. yeah, just watch Red Letter Media's take on it. and uh, They're
1: look. not even watching Trek anymore <laughs> because of how bad Picard was. This is the
2: oh. guy so
4: just
0: who just watch what they
2: did do and then don't watch anything yeah. else. Yeah. Now, I think you should watch this. This is my recommendation. It's not new. Um, the last episode of the show was uh, over 20 years ago. Uh, almost 30, I guess. Uh, and It's on YouTube. But it's Bob Ross, okay? Just, huh. just take in something happy and nice at least once a day. And I suggest Bob Ross because it's just nice. wholesome. And uh, my skip is all rise. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'd, I'd never really watched it. I've just seen it when Trey was watching it, and the other day he was watching. It, I was like, man, every scene, someone's just really mad at somebody else. Um, but that was just the like five <laughs> that was minutes. Kind of that episode, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, my skip would be um, uh, NCIS Los Angeles. <laughs> I've I have only seen the opening scene of an episode and then the like like five seconds into their their intro their credits intro and it was so laughably bad and ridiculous like I mean I'll just try to go through this quickly but there is basically a scene where two of the cops uh, were trying to catch some killers or whoever and they were in a van driving in an alley straight towards the two cops. Like real, like pedal to the metal, and there's a homeless man who was uh, in the way of this van hitting them, and the one of the cops went like, "Oh, get out of the way! Get out of the way!" Oh, he's not hearing me, so he starts like running, and they of course like do slow mo, but the van wasn't that far <laughs> from the homeless man, and the cop ran up. Grabs the homeless guy, and he doesn't do the dive like is in every movie, where it's like dive and and gets the person out of the way. He just grabs him and then kind of runs him out of the way. And I'm like, so are we just watching The Flash now? Is that what this is? Does this guy have a superpower? that car was going at a good speed. It could not... it couldn't happen. This could not <laughs> I, happen in real life unless he's the Flash. And for some I, reason, yeah. this show doesn't highlight the fact that the Flash is one of their characters.
3: I, um, I, 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 I've um never really talked to you about this before, but I'm pretty sure my defense is, if I were to get a divorce from my wife, is the Mark Harmon defense, mm-hmm. which is, I've had to watch so many episodes of NCIS on accident because she loves that show, and I'm like, how can you love that show? And we usually get into a fight over <laughs> NCIS. Right, and right. So- I and my mom watch
2: NCIS, and I'm not into she's, them. She stopped watching the original, but she's in the New
1: Orleans. I watch both the original and New Orleans. I, mean, I she, like
2: Scott Bakula, so for that reason, I'm I'm not a hater on New Orleans, but there are a couple of characters on there who's like... These I, just I watched New Orleans for like go.
3: a second. He was like, oh, come and try my gumbo. Oh, we got to solve this crime. And, and also, just, just, just I want to say one thing about it, is how are there so many freaking murders in the Navy and Marine Corps that they have to have these people researching it all the time? There can't be that many murders. If there were that many murders in the military, that would be on CNN end every day like what the <laughs> fuck is up with the fact that people keep murdering marines like and not in the wartime but these like actual, in a golf course
1: these are actual must... divisions of the real agency rob <laughs> this is yeah, they even had I mean, the agency and a few good men back when it was still know, called nis I, you know what
3: and that was a rare thing that they did the code <laughs> red and santiago was the killed code red was
1: the code red was rare Death the in red the Navy was... and an investigation from a criminal service is not the rare part.
2: Did you order I'm the Code Red? Code Red!
1: But we're here. So, uh, the reason I laughed so hard when Jason named it Skip is in literally moments before this episode aired that Jason's describing, I saw it was about to come on, and I said, man, compared to the original in New Orleans, Los Angeles is just so cartoonish. Like, it's something about how they execute it where it just doesn't seem real like even just shooting guns and everything
2: oh yeah I also left out that the guy's partner just started opening fire <laughs> at the van while he was running towards, towards the, the van, van to get a oh man who was also in front of the van Who? what are you doing shooting in that direction oh it was so bad and then the trailer I mean the, the credits started uh, the intro <laughs> And there's this explosion. Look, just go to YouTube. The same guy who ran to get the guy is exploded
1: into the sky, <laughs> but is in one piece. And the explosion looks Use like a cartoon
2: flash. explosion. Just go to YouTube and look up season 13 in CIS Los Angeles intro. You will see what I'm talking about, and 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 then go to Bob Ross's channel. this scene
1: wasn't even what I was thinking about when I called it cartoonish, because I didn't know about it. I haven't watched the show in a while. And this character's new to me. (laughs) I I knew of this scene where LL Cool J was jumping away from an explosion. That was in the beginning,
0: Christmas.
2: Yeah, ladies do love Cool James. Especially when you call yourself cool.
3: Yeah. I'd, well, Yeah, when 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 someone was like had that dartboard, they're like, "Well, NCIS is a hit, so we can't find another Mark Harmon. He's a real lightning in the bottle actor. What can we do? Oh, who was the guy in Batman Forever? Oh, Chris O'Donnell. Oh yeah, who can he pair up with really well? Who'd have great chemistry with? Hmm. Um. Well, oh, cool J? Cool oh, yeah. In
1: defense of the two actors, because they do work well together. The show, not so much. The two guys
2: work well together. It's kind of like I watched The Voice mainly for Adam and Blake. (laughs) Okay, well, thanks, everyone, for listening. We could go on.
3: If you need to watch LL Cool J, okay?
1: Yes. Or watch watch them in Halloween, H2O. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to be mad at a franchise burning
2: itself to the ground, (laughs) but LL being in it. Well, thanks everyone for coming on to talk all that pop.
3: Mm. Can
2: we do (laughs) recommendations? Or do you want to do the honors?
3: Well, I got to do some plugs, brah.
2: Okay. Oh, yes. I plug, I know what you're going to plug. Go ahead. Yeah, this is the first time ever that uh, yeah. we've had a guest do the plugs. Uh, yeah. I feel like this is an episode of Comedy Bang Bang, especially because of the length of the episode. Rob, yeah, plug that. it away.
3: Um, no, Oops. yeah, so um, other best friends of the show, Clay Haddon and Jim Hendricks and I have started a band, and we are called The Socks, which stands for Stuff our kids say, and we are making kids music and we're trying to make kids music. That's decent or good. And, and so we've got a YouTube channel. It's the socks. We've got a Facebook page. It's the socks. We've got a Twitter account. It's, um, Donald day Trump. No, 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 sorry. It's the socks. And then, um, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. yeah. All so the links of that for that will be yeah. in the bio. And to check it out, we've got, we, and we've got a song about man, the Mandalorian and it's pretty good. So, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm I'm gonna toot my own horn, I play the guitar, but I, I, I guess I could toot a horn. I don't know. Like, there it, is. <laughs> there it is. There it is. There it is. Trade likes NCIS New Orleans. <laughs>
1: Quantum <laughs> Leap was my favorite. I like Scott Bakula.
3: <laughs> <laughs> just watch Major League three, bro. <laughs>
1: oh man. <laughs> that or uh, necessary roughness
2: necessary roughness is where it's at
1: welcome to foot
2: ball
0: <laughs>
2: enjoy the it. big game there it is <laughs> oh boy <laughs> <laughs> I love a good Quantum Leap reference just as much as anyone. Why don't you check out what Rob was talking about at the end there, the socks, and they are on YouTube. We have a link to them in the bio. Subscribe to their channel. They got tons of subscribers, and uh, that's going well. got fun songs, so uh, go check those out. Don't forget, you can also check out what we got going on at thereitispod.com and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at thereitispod. And we have a YouTube. We are posting stuff on Thursdays. You can go to youtube.com slash Teresa Lowe is our guest next week. Until next time, be good to each other.